We are very excited about today's call, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. So even though the pa- our holiday season is just winding down, pageant season is heating up. So it's very important to keep in mind for all the pageant queens in your life, far and near, um, that we have gift cards available for the pageant planet. And these gift cards are amazing because they can be used for everything from services, so VIP coaching memberships, to actual products, shoes, uh, buck glue if you would like, uh, jewelry, etc. So it's really the perfect gift to have on hand um, for any pageant girl in your life. That's great. So, I mean, where can they find these uh, gift cards and um, do they come digital or is a hard copy? And like, what are the like denominations, if you will? Yeah, they can find them at shop.thepageantplanet.com where you can find all of our products. And it is digital. So whether you're buying something for your sister queen, I mean, this is a great farewell gift as well. Um, If you know pageant queen is um, completing her year of service, but she's not done competing in general, this is an awesome opportunity, especially if you've competed in a national pageant. So you have friends all over the country. You don't know what to get them. You can't be at their farewell. Um, So this is something perfect that you can get digitally, send it to them. It comes right in their email inbox and they can use it for any product or service that they'd like. That's great. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to discuss pageant conundrums and how to solve them. So, Jesse, first, tell us what a conundrum is and then set the stage for us. So I love the word conundrum. I've loved it ever since I learned it in fourth grade vocabulary. So I'm excited to say it over and over again in today's episode. But a conundrum is like a dilemma or you're in a tough spot and there's several different options and you got to get your out, you gotta yourself out of this between that rock and hard place. So it's a fancy word for dilemma, I suppose. Got it. Got it. So we get a lot of questions that are almost on repeat. We hear them all the time from either novice contestants or they're dealing with something that could potentially be a roadblock in their pageant journey. And we're going to talk through a few of those today. Um, I do want to say, keep in mind that each situation varies on other factors. So we're going to give you a verdict, how we feel about each different conundrum on our suggestion. But of course, our word is not the end all be all, just a strong suggestion. So with that said, one of the most common conundrums I come across is for Miss contestants who are engaged. So should they wear their engagement ring in a Miss pageant? Is that a question you've heard before, Stephen? Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Or I've heard it like, oh, what do you think of so-and-so who wore her engagement ring in the Miss pageant? Oh, it's totally like the topic of conversation for anyone that competes with one on or they talk about their wedding or we know they have a wedding planned. So it's it's an interesting conversation. So let's talk about why is it a dilemma? And I hate to say it, but the truth is people are judgy, right? Yeah. I mean, as much as we try not to be, people do judge. I mean, and we're in the pageant industry. They're called judges. <laughs> so it's fair. Um, so I think what it does is it brings about questions of focus and timeline. So if you win this pageant, will you be ultimately focused on the title itself or you'll be planning your wedding? What if you have a wedding that's already set a date within the scope of your reign? Um, 
I'm sure that's a, the breach of contract for most Miss pageants. So it just creates a lot of unanswered questions for people that they will not have the ability to ask you about in the one to five to 10 minutes that you are in the interview room. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've also heard of stories where girls whose boyfriends just kind of threaten to leave them if they don't drop their title, like after the girl wins, that, that could be a really real scenario for the judges and the people in the crowd too. Oh, that's terrible. I hate yeah. hearing that. Oh, yep. But one, I, I heard kind of like a flip side story um, a few years ago, there were two contestants competing in the same pageant, both of which were engaged. One disclosed that like she wins, she's not planning on moving her wedding date. Like it's locked in set in stone. A significant amount of money had been put forth to it. And she ended up placing, I think fairly well. And the other said she would move her date. So you really, you really can't win because one, if you look immovable, it's like, okay, do you really want this title or are you just here kind of to see what happens? And then for the other girl, you look wishy-washy in your conviction because if you're willing to move your wedding, which is the rest of your life, or a pageant opportunity, and you know, there's no right or wrong in any of this, which is what makes it so complicated and challenging. So it's just frustrating. Um, so my personal verdict is don't wear it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, you want to reduce the amount of friction that you're going to get, and why put in an unnecessary obstacle? And if you really just you know, force your pageant boyfriend to listen to this podcast, it's not that she doesn't love you or anything like that. But if you go into your pageant and, you know, let's say that your wedding is planned eight months down the road, why even plan that? Like if you're really going for this title and you want to win it, you're not setting yourself up for success because energetically you've planned a wedding, which is going to be a breach of contract, which means you're going to lose your crown during that time. So energetically, you're putting it out to mm -hmm. the universe, to God, to just even the judges. There's that hesitancy, whether you want to admit it or not, that if I win, this is going to be a major friction point in my life. So, sure. I mean, one, don't, if you're planning on competing, don't plan your wedding during your reign. Now, if that happens that you don't win, you can always go back and maybe push up the date, something like that. But yeah, definitely don't plan it. Don't win it. It's it's not worth it. You're not going to get bonus points for wearing an engagement ring. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to do it. Well, the other thing that's, I think, worth mentioning, too, is I typically advise contestants, unless they're in the Mrs. Division, obviously, not to wear rings and even cautiously bracelets or bangles during competition obviously if it's for fun fashion or evening gown it really makes the look fine but if you wear an engagement ring on your finger during evening gown and you haven't discussed it with the judges or it's not on your bio or it hasn't come up any other time their eyes are going to be drawn to that ring and then the entire time you're on stage they could potentially be distracted by that so why why chance it so um i say no steven says no full warning yeah. don't wear your engagement ring if you can avoid it well and even if you have like for me guys are pretty much oblivious to all things about this until it <laughs> comes time that they actually have to propose and they're like oh my gosh that's how it works it's just typical we don't necessarily research it or the typical guy doesn't so for me i know that i judge a few pageants where the girl had it and then i got confused because i looked at my sheet and i'm like oh my gosh they have a missus in there it was like, no, it was her, just an engagement ring. And so I'm like fumbling through my papers, making sure that the pageant didn't mess up. And meanwhile, it's just a distraction point for the girl that's actually on stage. I don't remember what I scored her, but I do remember having that internal dialogue like, oh, I think she's in the wrong 
I think they called her out wrong and having to look. So, you know, don't put that on your judges. You don't need that extra friction point. There you go. All right. So what's the next conundrum that like a lot of questions that you get or that girls might um, see or experience? Yeah. So one, the next question that I receive a lot is if it's your first pageant, do you tell them it's your first pageant or do you try to hide the fact that it's your first pageant? Mm, this is a good and one. It is a good one. And the reason is it draws attention to inexperience and it's part, I know it's part of most people's journeys. Like you've decided this like um, exciting opportunity to enter this pageant. Most like everyone has an interesting story about why. So it's a big part of your journey and your conversation, but given the fact that there is a double-edged sword, you don't want to highlight the, your your level of greenness, if you will. So I have a fun hypothetical for you, Stephen. You ready? <laughs> okay, bring it. So it's extreme, so bear with me. But right. so say you are going in for a major surgery and you have your consultation with your surgeon and it goes great. You really connect with this person and like you feel so confident. And then after your consultation, you find out that this will be the first surgery that this surgeon performed. <laughs> okay. How would you feel after that? Oh, well, I mean, it would be a steep drop off after I discovered that I would be, in essence, their first live run at the whole thing. It, I, I, would be, I would be scared. I, I'd be looking immediately for another surgeon. No way would I trust him. Okay, exactly. So, Okay, pageantry isn't that serious, let's be honest. Um, but you get the drift. Like, there is doubt that it can cause for judges because some judges, whether they're familiar with the system, they're probably loyal as can be or they know what it takes to be a successful title holder and they just wonder if you can do it because do you know what it's even all about? Do you know what goes into it? So that can happen. Yeah. So um, what kind of other thoughts do you have on this, Stephen? Do you... Have you experienced this where someone's kind of put it out into the universe and it's worked against them? Yeah, I have. And it was um, specifically in a, um, I, I won't say the pageant, but so it was specifically in this particular pageant in the judges room. And in this particular system, judges were allowed to talk amongst one another. And it got brought up, well, this girl is getting ready to age out this girl just started, so she'll have many more years to come through mm. and win. So let's crown this girl. And like the two are the front runners. So if that comes into the play and you say, oh, yeah, this is my first pageant ever. And then you're neck and neck. And one of the judges is like, this girl's been competing for five years. She's equally as good. Let me reward the girl who's been here longer, kind of paid the dues, if you will. And you never know what the personality type of the judge that you're going to get so if it's somebody like i mean let's say it's like myself that's been through um a lot of hardships and like persevered and had to get to where i am through just a lot of sweat equity and hard work i have a tendency to favor somebody with that comeback story mm -hmm. i can relate to it and i'm like oh mm -hmm. wow and i really empathize with that type of person for somebody's like hey <laughs> it's my, my first one i came in first scratch ticket and boom won a million dollars oh gosh this like winning the lottery thing isn't that hard at all um those kind of people though i, I i'm like i'm happy for them at the same time i'm like son of a <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not that easy but um so just again putting that out there you want to reveal information only that's going to aid in your favor um, and that won't possibly work against you 
And I will say, I would be surprised to hear of a judge that straight up says, hey, is this your first pageant? But um, you never know. When I was in my state interview, I was asked what other pageants have I competed in before. And I was, of course, very vaguey Vagerson um, <laughs> in my initial reaction. And they, they followed it up with like, OK, what specific pageants? And of course, like, what am I going to say? No, right. I competed in several pageants. So I, I did disclose them at that time. So if that happens, certainly don't lie to a judging panel. But um, I would say unless there is. So my verdict is unless there's an important element to this being your first, I would kind of skirt around it. So allude to like the meaning of you entering, whether it was for personal self-discovery or maybe you're Mrs. Paget, Mrs. Contestant who has had children and has kind of put your family first for a number of years. Um, but so say it without outright saying it and talk about more the journey than the fact that like, this is my first pageant. It's no like I'm doing this for myself. Does yeah. that make sense? No, completely. And you know, that's the context of what we do at Pageant Planet. It's not to say that every judge that you who you ever encounter will score against you, but it's a bit just putting the odds in your favor, knowing human psychology, knowing how a lot of pageant judges' minds work. It's just stacking the cards in your favor to give you the best opportunity to win. And I mean, Perfect. so basically I agree with you. Like don't bring it up unless ask directly <laughs> and, and then bring it up or I mean try to do the political angle around it where you massage around it but yeah just definitely don't volunteer it unless it's somehow really important to your platform or you know something of that nature exactly cool. so we agree another another agreement from Stephen and Jesse like how often does this happen <laughs> let's see if we can keep it rolling uh, all right let's um, go to number three the the third so conundrum the third conundrum. Oh my gosh. If someone is playing a drinking game with the word conundrum as they listen, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I just think of like Bravo. Um, what's that show? Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. He always has like a word that's like a trigger, which makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so the next one is if you have a disability or a physical setback, do you disclose it? Mm. This is a really sensitive one. Um, the conundrum is. You don't want to show that you have weakness or something that may hold you back. But the plus side is it's probably a major part of your quote unquote story, or it may really put you in the position to be an impactful title holder. So that is a very obvious um, double-edged sword, but it's one that's really important to talk about. Yeah, completely. So I want to share a story. Um, I saw a contestant compete probably five times. Um, in Miss America local circuits or other pageants, whatever they may be. And I could always tell something was off with her presentation. Like she had kind of a strange walk to it, but she like clearly wanted to be a title holder. She was very dedicated to her platform. So fortunately, um, a year or so later, I, I found out that she actually has a disability. She has a spinal alignment challenge, um, whatever it may be. And she never shared that with anyone. So all this time, I just thought she had a bad walk. And now I come to find out she actually has a physical challenge that forces her to walk that way. So I said, why don't, why don't you tell the, have you ever told the judges that? And she goes, no, I don't want them to think I'm weak or that I can't handle the title or the responsibilities. And I don't deeper. I said, well, are you like, do you have daily setbacks other than the fact that like it makes you walk in an interesting position? She said, no. I said, then why wouldn't you tell them that? I mean, how many people in this country are dealing with some kind of uh, a disability or a challenge or a physical deformity that like 
could use somebody like you to stand up here with this amazing confidence and own it. So she was like, I just, I was always thought I couldn't do it. And now I feel comfortable. So it just kind of changed the whole tone of her interview. And, um, it kind of mirrors the fact that contestants that typically win swimsuit, I always ask if you talked about your fitness or your body in your interview. And I would say seven times out of 10, they do. So it's opening that conversation with the judges. And then once they see it, it's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. Do you agree with that? Oh, so I agree with it. 100%. And there's two different instances. One was I knew the girl who was competing and she didn't volunteer the information. And she had scoliosis of the spine so bad that when she finally Mm -hmm. got corrective surgery, she grew three inches. Like that's how bad it was. Yeah. And so it, um, it distorted her chest area. Um, and so like one, part of her shoulder blade was up a little higher the other was down a little lower but she didn't disclose it to the judges and this was very early in pageant planet's career and um so when she was walking on the stage one of the judges remarked like needs to lose weight because of she was very skinny but the way that it it positioned her on one side it made her look like appear like she had like a role you know, mm. so something like that happened. A very, very pretty girl. Very, I mean, all that and really personable, all, all those things. But just that one, like, if she would have brought it up in interview, then that never would have been an issue. And they would have applauded her rather mm-hmm. than you know, using it to, um, like, dock against her. The other thing was a personal experience when I was in interview. And, you know, you talking about people being judgmental. I mean, me was a case in point, a girl standing in front of me, very pretty, but her speech wasn't good. Like it it wasn't articulate, like a broadcast, something that you would, um, that you look for in a title holder, somebody who's articulate and can voice their opinions and, um, in a speech that you can really easily comprehend. Well, come to find out a few minutes into the interview, she was deaf. Like, and she just learned to, she wow. like learned to start talking and through all that, like, cause her parents didn't know right away. They thought something else was happening. And basically she started her speech journey later than the average adolescent. And as a result, she had to, because she isn't, isn't really organically able to hear other people talk. So it caused a speech impediment. Well, that completely changed my impression of her and the, um, the insecurities or maybe the even feelings of inadequacy she had to overcome to come into the interview. So at that point I switched from being judgmental Steven to being her cheerleader and advocating like, Oh my God, like, that's awesome. And just really cheering for her internally on stage because I knew the backdrop of her story. I love that story. And it reminds me a lot of Miss America. I don't remember the year, maybe 94 perhaps. Um, we can say that before. <laughs> uh, Heather Whitestone. I'm just trying to think because I met Heather Whitestone when she was Miss America at Disney World. I'm like, okay, how old was I? So I'm trying to do the math really quickly. I think it was 94 and she was deaf and she danced for her talent. Hmm. And the whole magic of that moment was like, she all she had to do was know when the music started and she danced to music she couldn't hear. And it was just the mo- one of the most beautiful movie movies moments in pageantry I would say like in in my lifetime at least and had we not known that she was deaf would that moment have been what it was no No. um so to wrap up this particular question my verdict and let me know what you think is yes share it absolutely but make sure you have a rounded plan 
about how you will work with it throughout your year so it doesn't hinder your abilities as a title holder. So work it into your plan. I would say it doesn't have to be your platform. It can just be a piece of your conversation throughout the year. So don't feel like you have to make your entire story about that. A lot of people think that that's the case. It's not. So if, if it is scoliosis, okay, well, what if you have to drive eight hours to an appearance? How will you take care of yourself? So think about all the questions someone could ask you about it to like test your abilities and then have a response ready for it and be prepared to incorporate it into the conversation. So share it, but have a plan to show that you will have the strength to overcome any challenge that comes your way throughout the year. Yeah, so I agree. I do have a question that might put you on the spot. Can you give an example of how you can share your disability without being victim? Oh, totally. Okay. Um, so, gosh, I mean, there's so many questions. So with um, when I work with a contestant, we talk about a couple different things. One, we create an elevator pitch. That's like their 25 second commercial about why they should win. That could use for that could be used for several questions. What makes you stand out? Why should we pick you? What makes you the best choice? Why are you competing this pageant? Why do you want to win this title? Any of those questions could really fit that. And then I also ask them to define three particular points um, that help them be in a competitive spirit. So uh, what's one skill they have that will set them apart? What's a platform component that will set them apart? And then three, what's a fun fact about them that will set them apart? And we work to train them that they can control the interview to get those pieces across no matter what questions they get. So I would say work it into part of your elevator speech as part of a, here's something I've experienced, here's why I've overcome it, and here's something to share that message to others so that they can overcome similar things in their lives. That's great. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, perfect. Okay. Um, all right, so let's go on to the next and I believe is your last conundrum yes. um, that we that we have. Oh, this is a hot topic. A hot, hot, hot topic. Oh, my goodness. Should you cover your tattoos when you compete? Oh, so many angles. Okay. So many angles. So I would say this really found light a few years ago when Miss Kansas competed in Miss America with a, she was the, I believe she was a military vet, um, kind of the anti-pageant girl. She's not your typical pageant girl, Stephen. Yeah. Well, and she also got in trouble for shooting game like illegally a few years after her reign oh really i didn't know that yeah she got um she got slap on the wrist or actually we did an article about it 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 was a while it was a while ago but yeah wow so she was she was definitely edgy she told that story through and through that's who she was and she had a very large tattoo on her side that she chose not to cover that was really the most notable experience of body art um being shown in pageantry so it's a conundrum because More women today are getting body art as a form of expression. Um, And the flip side of that is judges may mark down points because they either don't like it as a whole, they don't like the idea of tattoos, or maybe they don't like what you have or it's distracting or they're not focusing on what they should be when they're focusing on your tattoo. So all those reasons kind of come into play with this conversation. Um, I would say pageants are becoming more progressive, but I think it's still a major risk. Do you agree with that? I, I do. And even with your example of Miss Kansas, I mean, she was applauded for wearing her tattoo on stage at Miss America, but on state, at state level, she didn't wear the tattoo. So she didn't cry. Cra- <laughs> she got crowned by covering up the tattoo. 
And then when she was at Miss America stage, she exposed the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is, pageants are getting more progressive, but it doesn't mean Miss America is getting more progressive. It means pageants are getting more progressive. So someone will start a pageant that says, hey, we welcome tattoos. And that's how industry is getting more progressive and not necessarily like Miss Universe, Miss USA, somebody can get fully tatted because you, I mean, personal opinion, you're not going to get crowned as a Miss USA, Miss Universe, Miss America, like fully, ta- like a, a full sleeve on one arm. It's just not going to happen. And right. the reason is, is I blame Walt Disney for this because we all like when we think of princess, you think of Disney princess and Disney princess looks a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not fully tatted up. And so, and they all kind of have that same, like, I guess kind of vibe to it. Like the, the, all the cartoons have that same kind of Barbie type effect. Um, and so that's what you're working against with these, um, major systems, because when someone thinks of a Miss America, Miss USA, a Miss universe, that's a lot of times what they have in their mind. And you can tell by the girls that are getting crowned. And so if you cover yourself or you have a massive tattoo and you go out on stage, I'm not saying it's right, not by any means. I'm just stating that this is where the industry is on January the 15th when this podcast is going to go live. That's where we are today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I totally agree. And, you know, I get it. A lot of people do not make pageantry their life or they've lived their life to this point and then say, you know what? I am going to enter a pageant. I always wanted to. And I'm going to do it. So we make choice. Like, so no secret, you guys, I have tattoos. I don't have a lot and they're all very small. Um, but I did cover them because I thought I was uncompeting. But I didn't want to give a judge a reason to overlook me or to make excuses for why I shouldn't be their title holder. So I did cover mine up. Granted, again, they were small, so they were easy to cover. I have seen a lot of contestants now that have larger tattoos. And, and they asked me, like, should I cover them? Like, am I, am I going to lose if I have these tattoos? And I say, you know, not necessarily. It depends on the judging panel because just like the conversation we had about the engagement ring, people are judgy. And these are judges that are given a job and they're told to give their opinion. And some people have certain morals and values that others don't and vice versa. So I I can't say you will or won't win or you will or won't be docked points. But I would say if you can cover or if you can wear clothing that kind of makes it as minimal as possible and then cover around that. That would be my suggestion if I'm honest, but you're right. I mean, we're not in, we're not in a place yet where pageants are accepting of it. Yeah. And the thing is your peer group will probably love your tattoos, but if you look at the judges, they're from a different generation in most cases. I mean, hate to admit it, but I'm even like, I'm right at the border of what is it? Gen Y. I can't remember, but I'm like the, generation before i mean i'm how old am i i'm 36 you know so uh, like even me looking at certain girls like i am at a different generation gap but a lot of the judges that when i am on a judging panel i don't do it too much anymore just travel schedule not able to but i am not the oldest person on the panel so like they're people from a generation before me, whatever that one is. I'm not an expert in that area. So 
they're not going to be as accepting of it. So on Instagram and Facebook and everything, people will love your tattoo, but it doesn't necessarily translate to an older generation who's determining whether or not you walk away with that title if they will be accepting of it. Or there's one more layer of that even too. For those that are millennials that might be more accepting, there's still the matter of personal preference. What if they see your tattoo and they just don't like it? They don't mind that you have a tattoo, (laughs) but they think that your tattoo is distracting or not in their taste. And I'll add, I guess, even a third layer on top of that. This is becoming a very layered cake of... I think I might have a fourth layer. Okay, go ahead. Oh, excellent. Okay, so my third layer is... So I was was just shot to be... I shouldn't say I was just... This year, I was the cover of a magazine, uh, the Buffalo Magazine, and I have a tattoo on my ankle that's in Latin. And it says, She Who Dares Wins. And before that magazine could go to print, because my ankle was shown, and even though it was very small... Um, they had to ask me for the translation because they needed legal approval in case it was published. And then someone came back and had something to say about it. So it was a big conversation. So think about this, like you're representing a brand and if there's any question or if you have foreign language or foreign characters or anything that might be interpreted as controversial, it could come into play there as well. Yeah. And when it comes down to a judge and if he's debating back and forth, you or someone else, your tattoo could hold you back because that judge could be thinking, well, okay, all things being equal, these girls are at a dead tie. And I've judged pageants. I don't know if you have too, Jesse, where you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot decide between these two girls. Like, I I just don't know which one I want to win. And I've actually been the deciding judge where there was a tie. And I had to, because I was the head judge, I had to determine which girl was going to win. And I liked them both equally. So I had to get very granular. And if there was something like a tattoo and one girl had it and the other one didn't, in truth, I would pick the girl that didn't have the tattoo if it was visible because on things like appearances or photo shoots, I have to think about the pageant. And a tattoo though I don't have any problem with it whatsoever, but in the best interest of the director, it could cause additional friction at an appearance or because just the conversation piece or in a photo, it could push across uh, this, a certain mom that maybe has a stigma about tattoos or whatever. So just take that as a case in point, play the safe side. You're not going to get bonus points for walking on stage with a tattoo. So if the judges aren't going to give you bonus points, why take the risk? Yep, I totally agree with every single thing that you're saying. And it's it's complicated. And those that are listening, because we just had that um, article about the conversation of like the truth about what what sizes work best in different systems. So I know there's many people here that are listening that are disagreeing with what we're saying. And you know, it's the reality of the the culture. I say if you feel hundred percent confident with your tattoos and you want to show them off because they are a part of you go for it. Absolutely. And I would even say, just what we talked about with the disability, if you're going to wear them loudly and proudly, I think it would be only in your benefit to bring it up in your interview. Would you say that as well? Yeah, completely. If you're doing something that's outside the norm, it's not like you have to justify yourself, but you do need to explain the functionality. Like if you're, if you're wearing hot pink hair in a pageant, one, you're going to be the only person doing it, but it's like, well, I'm making a statement that women are not the color of their hair and that ties in perfectly with my platform. And if I don't win the crown because of my hair is pink, 
then that's totally fine. But you know, here's the thing, whatever. I mean, you work with Jesse on your actual wording, but the thing is you want to call attention to those things that are completely from left field so that the judges understand your story or the context behind what it is that you're doing. That's exactly it. So any thoughts in closing around this whole conundrum of a podcast? Well, I do want to say before we go to the conclusions with, with the tattoos, if you're going to cover your tattoo, I would work with an expert at the Sephora counter or Derma blend or, or tattoo cover company to find a custom blend. One of the most stressful parts of pageantry, if you have a tattoo is covering it because it needs to look authentic. And cause it can, if it's, bad color and it's a bad cover you're gonna draw just as much attention as if you actually had your tattoo loud and proud so i would say like be strategic about how you cover it and practice 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 um based on that so that's the last thing i'll say on that topic it's great so in, con- great in conclusion um with these conundrums like i said earlier just follow your instincts but i think the biggest thing to keep in mind is we've said it several times today Judges are people too. They have independent thoughts and opinions and you can't really predict how they're going to react in any situation. So I love the word you use that you don't need to justify yourself to anyone, which is a hundred percent true. Be prepared to back up your decisions. That's great. Thank you, Jesse. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.